DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Soaringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at SoringaNetworks.net. Time to talk football with Riley Jensen, college football insider, and he joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Riley, good morning. Good morning, fellas. What, what is there? Is there anything to talk about? Oh, there's, <laughs> there's all kinds of stuff to talk about, Riley. I know. I know. Some of it I don't want to talk about. What do you not want to talk about the most? I don't want to talk about the fact that just even starting with Snow College, Weber State, Utah State, University of Utah football not happening in my lifetime during a fall season. That's just it's just depressing. It's just that that's just man, that's a gut punch. I can't I can't even imagine what it's going to be like. I don't, I don't even know what to do with my Saturdays, what to look forward to. I'm using some of my own sports psychology techniques just to make it through. Well, can we now finally agree it took all this time to realize what I've already known? Thank <laughs> God for BYU. <laughs> this is what I love about you, PK. I mean, your true colors show in adversity, and we all know, we've all known forever that you're a BYU homer and that you are in love with the BYU kooks. And, and yeah, and, and then add on to the fact that you get to add an I told you so on the end of that. That's awesome. That's awesome. I bless myself every time when I think of the Cougars, and more so now than ever. <laughs> do, you, do you think they're going to be able to put together a season? Because, I, I mean, I'm just looking at it going, holy cow, what, where do you go? Where, what do you do? Big 12, AAC, Conference USA. That's I know. Where you go. Yeah, yeah I have to define I mean, I what a season go, is. But I mean, when you have when you have teams like Iowa State adding Louisiana Cajuns to their schedule when they can have BYU, it, it makes me feel a little bit less optimistic about BYU being able to put together a season. Oh yeah, of course. Who wants to add an L to your schedule? Get the Cajuns. They're barely <laughs> Ragins. <laughs> You know, I've said it before on air, PK. The thing about you is you're kind of like the adversary. You're kind of like Beelzebub. You don't ever, like, <laughs> confront someone, and you don't actually, like, try and stop them from doing something or try and push them in a direct. You you just kind of push them in the small of their back in the direction they're already going, right? Like, <laughs> you just kind of you push them a little past the mark, you know? Just a little past the mark. I love the way you work. I love the way you work. The light is there. You just have to move to where you can see it. <laughs> what I appreciate about you is you're doing things on and off the field correctly. And, and you, you, oh, that's nice. Well done. Right, right. right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious. We've heard a lot about, uh, you know, this is going to lead to a free-for-all in transferring. I would think if a free-for-all in transferring starts, you'd be one of the first people – who would start hearing stuff and would know about it. Has the said free-for-all started? Is it too soon for it to start, or is it not going to start? Well, I, I mean, I, I, free-for-all, I mean, we, we have to define the terms there. I, I don't know that it's a free-for-all, but I can tell you right now, I've checked around. I've actually asked all the coaches. There's at least three players from other states right now on almost every team in 5A and 6A. That I can. Uh, oh, I was talking. I was talking college. You're going to high oh. school. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. No, we'll get to high school in just a second. I got high school sorry. questions, but first, I think people wonder if, if you know, the Utes or the Aggies, who have whatever team they root for, <clears throat> if guys are going to be coming and going real quick. Is this is going to lead to the the free for all in college football? I, I I almost don't think so because I, I I think I think these conferences did a good job of waiting until the last second to do it because what how do you, how do you transfer right now? unless you're just an unbelievable stud for USC or for the University of Utah and you're playing a position that you don't have to learn a, a ton of terminology. And so I could see a couple of defensive players going, and they would have to be somebody that was like all Pac-12 first team, all Big Ten first team, and then they're going to transfer, and then the NCAA is going to be put in a tight spot. 
But here, here's the thing. Here's the thing that's scary about that right now is how do you how do you know that the season's going to happen at the next school? And if you transfer, you're kind of saying like I'm never coming back. Like you're turning your back and you're going. So if you transfer from Michigan to LSU, let's say, and and then they cancel it two weeks from now, I mean. I hope that's really the decision you wanted to make is that you you really wanted to be at LSU and you really wanted to be there. But here here's where college football gets a little bit complicated to me. Look, there ain't no way spring ball is happening. I, I've talked to some people who know. I've talked to some people who understand that the situation. Spring ball doesn't fit. It doesn't fit into the dates. It doesn't fit for, for a lot of reasons. Spring ball is not happening not only not only because of the logistics of it, because we still don't even know what's going to happen with COVID. So spring ball's not happening. I mean, I, I, I love that, that we're all optimistic and we're still trying to push through it, but it's not happening. And they're going to move it to fall. And I think the NCAA is going to grant an extra year of eligibility to these kids, but I think individual schools can't afford to do it. Can, I, can you imagine? Can you imagine a school with maybe not as big a budget as Ohio State having 140 kids on scholarship next fall? Like, uh, it's not going to happen. They can't afford to do it. They're they're already hemorrhaging millions of dollars this year. I mean, the reports right now for the University of Utah are 50 to 60. I had heard privately in private conversations that the number is 67 million, whatever that number is. That's not just a number that you get to roll over into next year and go, okay, well, we're okay now, right? And it's not a number, and, and I find it really ironic that Pac-12 players, that some of the players around the country were trying to use um, this this platform and this time right now to ask for more money and to get paid. I don't. I, I think we're going to get a whole lesson in economics right now that is going to be really, really interesting. And to be honest with you, I think football is going to make it through. The, the thing that's going to be sad is the tennis teams, the, you know, the gymnastics teams, some of the different things that people have loved and, and have loved to have an opportunity for their kids to play, at, you know, at the University of Utah or at Weaver State or Utah State, some of those are going to be gone. And coaches are going to be on furloughs for people to make it through this thing. And we're, we're going to get a real lesson on the economics of NCAA sports because here's the problem with NCAA sports. They have not been running it like a business. They've been running it like welfare. Football and basketball are the teams that bring in money. Football brings in 85% of the revenue. Basketball, last time I checked, is about 12% of the revenue, and everybody else is 3%. But what they do is they take the football money and they spread it all around. Well, no companies really run their – they don't run their companies like that where they, where they make it a welfare state for all the rest of the company. They cut those parts of their business. And I think – You'll notice that people aren't bringing up Title IX right now. People aren't bringing up some of those things right now because there's some tough questions to answer in college football that I don't know that anybody can answer. And so to to get to your original question, to transfer right now is a little bit of a big gamble, and you better be well thought out, and you better think it through before you do it. So I don't think there's going to be big hemorrhaging and people moving um, to different schools. I just I don't see it. Well, I'm wondering about the short-term and long-term effect that the Pac-12 will take a hit because it's already at the bottom of the Power Five, and the Pac-12 is my beloved conference, and I'm a homer for it. But I'm wondering if there's going to be a fallout as far as kids not wanting to come here. So we may not see the effect immediately, but over the next few years we see it. Well, that's a, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, every everything should be thought of in the short-term and the long-term, right? the finite and the infinite game. I mean, the in, if you're playing the infinite game, I think this is a bad decision for the Pac-12. And I, and I think that if you're thinking long-term, I think this ha- this puts some questions in uh, certain players. I mean, not, not all of them. I mean, not, not every player is going to go, oh, well, I don't like the way they handle this. But some people are going to like, look, when I go to college, I want to be able to play college football, and I don't want to have to worry about administrations interfering with it. And I don't want to have to worry about these different things happening. And regardless of how we feel about COVID-19, there's people on both sides of the table. There's people that think it's a joke. There's people that think it's very, very serious. And I, I don't I don't really care how you feel about it. There's certain people that are going to feel a certain way, and I think that has an effect on people. It's, it's definitely going to affect the Pac-12 in the long term, I think. And like you said, 
they've already been struggling with some decisions that they've made. They've already been struggling to compete with the Power Five conferences. And and so this is this is man, this is gonna get way messy before it gets clean. This is this is a mess. I never anticipated this happening with college football. I really thought with six months to prepare there would be some sort of a plan that something would come together so they could play football because it just it means so much money to the conferences and and to the teams. Uh, I, I just can't believe I, I really am surprised with some of the decisions that have been made. All right, so to the high school football, uh, as you start to allude to, there are kids who've traveled for, or transferred from out of state, California, Arizona, wherever. Uh, although Arizona now, I guess, has given football the green light. Uh, California has not, but some kids in Arizona may have taken off before it got the green light. So they're on these uh, teams across Utah. Is it the top teams that have kids coming from out of state, or is it the point now where everybody does? Well, it's it's at the point where almost everybody does. It, it, it always starts with the top teams. I've had, uh, I don't, I haven't like totally counted it, but I, I I have to have between nine and thirteen people that have called me just from the state of California asking me about teams. And of course, they start with Corner Canyon and Bingham and some of these some of these schools. And then as they start thinking about it, as they start reaching out to these schools, some schools. There's a couple of schools out there that have said, I don't want the problems, I don't want to deal with it, and they're really, really, really good teams, so they don't really have to deal with it. And then there's other teams that are like, hey, you know, I can't reach out to them, but we're pretty, you know, weak in this position, so if you want to have them call and reach out to me. And as that's happened, I've just kind of texted around the state and talked to, to different coaches. There's there's between two and three players on, on almost Every coach that I've talked to in 5A and 6A. So it's, it's a big difference. I mean, there's a kid that transferred from Hawaii by the, by the last name of uh, Sa, S-A. I mean, he's the – I went and did a camp in Hawaii in February. He's the best receiver I've seen in the United States in that age group. I mean, he's he, – Devin Chisholm Sa, he's, he's ridiculously good. He's, he's so good. And, I mean, he's transferring to Orem, and then you've got – you know, there's a quarterback from um, St. John Bosco who, who transferred to Sky Ridge, right? And and so there's 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 some difference makers that have transferred to teams here in state, and I, I think it's going to make for an interesting fall. Although I, I don't, it would not surprise me. This, and, and, and I'm not trying to be too cynical here, but it would not surprise me if UHSAA gets through their endowment weekend this weekend, and then after another week, they just, like, they, they, they collect all their money, they make sure they got their money, and then they just cancel the season. Because we've already had Bingham and Weaver that have been canceled, and they, they just might throw their hands up in there and go, well, we got our money for this year, so what does it matter? Let's just go ahead and shut it down. <laughs> so they don't care about the kids? Oh, uh, you know, I... Idealistic Patrick is very fun to listen to. <laughs> I care about Renai and the kids. I mean, come on. It's just about the money, even at high school? Oh, I man. give up. I'm going to so, go live on a mountain somewhere. I thought, uh, before we leave the idealism behind, because that was entertaining, but I thought that if the season uh, doesn't get completed... And are most of the people telling you it won't get completed? Because that seems to be, I mean, it's just people's premonition, expectation. So it's nothing written in stone, but it just seems to be the expectation from a lot of people that this is this high school season is not going to get finished, one I, reason I, or another. But I, but I think most people think it'll fall apart by school district, not because of anything the UHA UHSAA says or does one way or the other. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I mean, I'm I'm looking at very closely on that. I mean, there was a, a Lone Peak soccer player. There was one player out of 40 that got it, and they shut the whole team down for two weeks. Uh, it, and and most of the 40 players hadn't been exposed to her. I'm watching it closely, and the more I'm reading and the more that I'm seeing, like, I just don't know how you do it. I, I just don't know how you make it through a season. And – and look, you can shut down, you can shut down a twenty a twenty game season for soccer for for two weekends, and maybe you miss three games or something like that. 
But if you shut down a football team, I mean, two games is is a fifth of the – it's 20% of the season. It's the difference between making the playoffs and not. Now, people can argue with me and say, well, it's just preseason right now. I'm like, I know, but what happens when it's during the season? And And now it's not like region really matters, you know. It has to do with, like, your ranking and your – your strength of schedule and all that kind of stuff. So that ends up hurting teams. I just don't see how it's actually going to happen. I, 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 it's funny because I am an idealistic person. I am a positive person. But when I'm looking through this, I just, I'm losing a lot of faith that, that any of these things can get done because there's so much disagreement across the board, whether it's from district to district, from coach to coach, from uh, players' families to players' families. I, I mean, there's just no consensus. It's very, very difficult to navigate when there's no consensus on what to do. How about all the other sports then? I know football's a big deal, but there's plenty of other sports going on. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a little confused as to why, and, and, and this is true in college too, right? Like, I thought that playing outside was a big deal, that, 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 that being outside and, and even though you're within, you know, a few feet of somebody that playing outside was it's safer than playing inside. It's safer than playing inside. And I mean, look, look, I wish, I wish that I got to be as wrong as science has been on this whole deal and then be right. And everybody go, yeah, follow the science and the data. Right. Like I, I wish I got to be wrong all the way along. And then at the very end say, Oh yeah, this is the way we should do it. And go, Oh, okay. Yeah. Science data. You know, like I, it's been very difficult for me to understand some of the things that have been put out there, football, soccer, some of these sports seem like, man, you should be able to play those outside. It shouldn't be a big deal. And so to me, if, if football can be shut down, why, why wouldn't volleyball be shut down? Why wouldn't soccer be shut down? I mean, they're playing just as closely in certain instances in soccer and, and in volleyball, they're playing inside. I, I mean, I I would imagine that a lot of these sports get shut down before the end of the fall. I hope not. I mean, I really hope not. I hope there's a way to salvage it and to just kind of push through it. And maybe we can be, in the state of Utah, a beacon and a light to the way, the way that we can go forward with COVID-19 and these troubled times until we get a vaccine or until we get some medicine that can actually um, deal with the symptoms and help people out. But... Man, it's just I'm I'm just losing hope, and I just I'm having a hard time thinking about what this fall is going to be like without the excitement of a big University of Utah game, a, a Utah State game in the fall, or you know even even for me, like as a person who played at Snow College, like going down on a weekend to eat from Utah and watching a big game, like those were fun things for me to do and to look forward to, and I'm I'm just not seeing it. And uh, it's it's taking a little bit of my hope. It's it's sucking my will to live. <laughs> wow. I, okay, that was maybe a little. Fun. Well, you know, Riley, little, there's there's some dramatic. there's some truth to that uh, because uh, well, what's going to happen with classrooms and other stuff? Because if you got a kid who needs to be socialized and isn't. You're talking about sucking the life out of them, and it has nothing to do with sports, and that's very, very important. So with each thing that's eliminated, there's going to be a fallout, an unintended consequence that is very, very serious. And, I, and, and look, from, from a mental health perspective, I mean, some of the statistics that, that concern me as a mental health professional, as someone who works with the mind and with those sorts of things, are very alarming to me, and we haven't put a lot of thought into that because the COVID-19 has been a big deal, and it is a big deal. I don't, I don't mean to take away from it, but like you said, some of the unintended consequences of the, the mental health of these kids, I mean, the, the suicide rates, the drug overdose rates, and some of these rates around the country are alarming. And some, I, I have high school teams around the state that are signing up for sports psychology with me because they want me to be able to help them to deal with some of the difficulties of the unknown of COVID-19 and some of the difficulties of playing during a pandemic. Um, these, these kids are nervous. And this was already a nervous and anxious generation long before COVID-19 came along. And so um, there's interesting questions and interesting dilemmas out there that we need to solve uh, as, as smart people come through 
and come up with with solid solutions to some of these problems because it's not just COVID nineteen that's causing some of the problems right now. Yeah, that was all true five or ten years ago. This is just accelerating it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 heightened. It's yeah. like, uh, I mean, my own kids who are are eight and six years old. They they were talking to me about starting school and about what what their what their nerves are about it and what you know what they see on the TV and and we don't generally watch a lot of TV around here. We're trying to be outside playing, but there's definitely some questions that they have in their little hearts and in their little bodies that are concerning, right? And and we had a good conversation with them last night about what they need to be worried about, what they don't need to be worried about, what they need to be safe about because <clears throat> There is some things out there that are, um, you know, are, are, are very fearful, especially for young children, especially for young children. Thanks, Riley. We appreciate it. Love talking to you guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. Riley Jensen, our football insider, talking college and high school sports. Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the jazz, is coming up next. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Utah Jazz wrap up the regular season today. Their final seeding game against the Spurs. 4.30. It's on TNT and AT&T Sportsnet. The Zone's coverage will start at 3.30 with the pregame show. The Jazz don't have anything at stake in this one. They know they're going to be the sixth seed. They know the Nuggets are the three seed. It'll be the Jazz and the Nuggets in the first round of the NBA playoffs. The Spurs do have something at stake. They are in a four-way race for two spots in the play-in series between the 8th and ninth place teams. NBA last night, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George combined for 53 points, and the Clippers beat the Nuggets 124-111. to 111. Clippers now know they will be the 2-seed. Lakers 1, Clippers 2, and the Nuggets are the 3-seed. This back-to-basketball update presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. You know I was babysat until 8th grade. Dolores Arnold used to babysit me every day after school. And Dolores? Her husband. Yeah. Like how you got like 220-pound 8th grade hands. <laughs> Can we not focus room? on that? You walk in like, hey, Dolores. Hi, Hans. I think it's funny the thought of a 8th grade Hans Olsen probably pushing two bills. He's <laughs> sitting in and being babysat. You guys let me know when you're done <laughs> so I can finish my story. Tell us more about Dolores. Anyways, her husband, Don, liked MASH. Sitting next to Don on the couch watching MASH. Hey, (laughs) Don, can I borrow your shaver? (laughs) Catch Hans and Scotty every day. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK brought to you in part by Zero Res. A clean home is a healthy home. And right now, Zero Res is cleaning carpets for $33 per room. Mention DJ and PK when you call and you get a fourth room clean for free. Call Zero Res today to schedule your cleaning at 801-288-9376. Well, the playoffs are set, PK, and you'll watch playoff basketball, whatever it is, but there are a couple series that are a little juicier than others, a couple series you're looking forward to a little more than others. Oh, all of them, but in the West. Yes, I know, because you're all – it is the fact, uh, you know, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook playing their old teams, Houston, Oklahoma City. Does that appeal to you? Because you know that's how it's going to get promoted when you flip on TNT. It appeals to me that they're playing. I'm not interested in any soap opera stuff. That I don't really care about that. That doesn't matter to me. I have no personal interest in that. But certainly the Lakers and I assume Portland, I don't know that that's going to happen, but right now that's what I assume. And Lillard, is, uh, he's just on a tear. And so, yeah, that should be very interesting. Time to welcome in Craig Bowlerjack, his weekly interview presented by University of Utah Health, trusted health care provider for the Utah Jazz family and yours. Bowler, good morning. Hey, guys. How are you? We are good. How are you? I'm good. How are the Jazz? Well, I think they're in the position uh, that they wanted to be in. Uh, Denver Nuggets, Utah Jazz. I think the matchup is intriguing, most likely very entertaining. Um, 
So here we go. Tonight uh, or this afternoon, uh, San Antonio is trying to scrape their way into uh, the eighth spot or a play-in playoff. Uh, I'd say that is loaded there with Memphis Phoenix and the San Antonio Spurs. And I heard PK just mention, you know, the eighth seed Blazers who've come out of nowhere to uh, to be in a great position to be in the postseason. Uh, you know, he wanted that opportunity. He was very vocal about it and dropped 61 um, to really jump them into it to the eighth spot. So if he's not, I, if he's probably the bubble MVP. I mean, that's an ama- he's had an amazing performance. He really has. With the Jazz from De- in Denver, you draw anything that you believe would be conclusive and expect to see based on the regular seating in regular season individual matchups between the two teams. Well, the Jazz, I mean, on negative, they're zero and three in the regular season PK against the Nuggets. But I think competitively, there's some good matchups there. Of course, I think all eyes would be on Gobert and, and Jokic, right? Um, I try to look at the benches to kind of see what balances out, and maybe the Clarkson. Clarkson uh, has, you know, Jeremy Grant, but Clarkson still, I think, has the edge there. Uh, Paul Millsap, I think we saw all season long, for my eyes, that he's not the same guy that he was when he played, not only for the Jazz, but a four-time All-Star with Atlanta. So it really, I think, for, for Denver, a lot of the scoring is going to lie on, of course, Jamal Murray, Jokic, and Michael Porter Jr. Uh, and those are the key factors, I think, for the Jazz. Uh, if Utah stays healthy, uh, you hope that some, you know what, maybe some of these young guys will get a few minutes and will help, obviously, with some athleticism and some pretty tough defense. I've been impressed with me, Aoni, Rajon Tucker. We saw Jarrell Brantley as well. Uh, how many minutes, if any, they get in the playoff series? Uh, will be uh, will be interesting, but you know, PK. Bottom line, I think the three ball is where it's at. The Utah Jazz have suddenly found rhythm with Niang again, and Joe Ingles looks really good with a ball in his hands. Uh, you know, Donovan clutch, uh, and you know, my concern is what about the strain of the leg, the foot? Uh, how does that play out in the playoffs? So health comes into play, right? But uh, I still think it's probably the best matchup and one they were more intrigued with rather than see Harden. Houston may be without Westbrook, which will be something. And Oklahoma City um, has a lot of depth and, and uh, guard play that seems to be an issue uh, for the Jazz as well. So of, of all the potential matchups, I think they fell into place as, as, as where they wanted to be. So let the games begin, right? So despite the fact there have been a bunch of guys injured and despite the fact uh, we've seen them go way down the bench, I, I think I know what the team is going to look like and the rotation is going to look like, but is there a guy carrying injury that maybe is a little more real than many of the other knocks that they would normally just play through and we would never, ever hear about? Or have any of the guys who were outside of the rotation played their way in and they're going to be in the rotation because Quinn thinks, hey, they can help us win a couple possessions here for a few minutes? Well, DJ, he would tell you that, and he has told the media, uh, and all of you who have asked is the reason why you drop a 22-point game most likely uh, just the other night uh, that you would come back and play and, and bench basically your starters and play the young guys was to do exactly that, was to be evaluating in what is a short season because if you do flip the coin and play in December, there's not a lot of time to make some roster decisions, right? So now is the time is why they went ahead and played uh, Mieoni Tucker and Jarrell Brantley a lot of minutes. Uh, Justin Wright Foreman saw, saw some time as well. Uh, but I think if in a crunch time situation, he's more comfortable with those three mainly, Oni, Brandley, and Tucker. If he had to, I think he feels more confident that if he had to rotate them in for a six-minute span, he would do so, or more. Uh, I just think you saw physical, uh, athletic play uh, still obviously in that growth stage of the NBA, but they got a real taste of what it was like to go up against, quote, NBA players. But I think the rotation is is solid. Conley, Mitchell, Gobert, O'Neal, Ingles, with Clarkson being your main sixth man. And then obviously George Niang has got to be a, a major factor in this as well. Moutier, 
uh, and then the backup Tony Bradley. I think that's that's the main core. But I, I don't think he would fear playing Oni Brantley or Tucker if he had to. I think the most important thing out of the eight games with the calling this restart is for the Jazz to learn how to play basically without Bogdanovich because he was such an integral part of the regular season and now he's not there. Do you think with that in mind, did they accomplish that? Yeah, I do. PK, it's a, it's a great it's a great thought. I think they do. I think they do. Obviously, they missed him. Uh, you know, again, I, I when he came aboard, I you know I just thought it was going to be a guy popping threes, but he's a much more physical player, stronger player. Uh, he, he can finish at the rim. Um, he has that clutch ability uh, to hit shots, just like Donovan, and that's something you know the Jazz have missed in this eight game restart seeding process and um yeah they had to fill in the gap pk i mean 20 points and a 41 percent three-point shooter so at times they've gone smaller right at times they've they've launched more threes try to make up for the the lack of scoring i think the one thing that's hurt them uh and again you could you know i haven't talked to quinn about this uh but the turnovers were huge in in the first seven games. Have they calmed a little bit? Maybe, but that may be, you know, due to the to, to as you just said, trying to learn to play without Bogdanovich with a lot of new faces, getting more multiple minutes. Uh, also, whenever you try to focus on Gobert, I think you you do risk uh, the the high lob uh, pass. That if it's not perfect, then Rudy can't handle it. Thus, a turnover and a transition bucket on the other end. So I've seen that as well during the the reseeding games. So you know, there's a lot of a, you know, there's a lot of storylines and conversation to go with. But I think I think Bogey, you know, we've obviously know that the Jazz have missed him, but they've really worked hard to try to find a way to plug that gap, and uh, we'll see if it works in round one. So, you're often as good as your best player. How good is Donovan Mitchell ready to be? I mean, we look at what Damian Lillard is doing for Portland. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, That's so the- I never would have thought, I mean, what is Lillard's ceiling, right? What is any star's you know, ceiling? Well, what is Donovan's ceiling now? Obviously, Lillard just pushed his ceiling to a place uh, I don't think any of us knew he could go. Well, I think he pushed, I think Donovan pushed his ceiling right with, you know, in the double overtime, you know, lost sadly against the Denver Nuggets. Um, you know, he had 24 points in the fourth quarter and the two overtimes. But what was most impressive was he was the clutch guy multiple times to even, you know, force OT and double OT. So, you know, I thought in that game he elevated himself to that next level. Uh, you know, people have been, you know, keep wondering, like, you know, well, maybe he still turns the ball over. He doesn't get his team mates as involved as he should. Well, look, without Bogdanovich, Donovan has to do a lot of things right now, right? I think we all agree with that. And they look to him to do exactly what he did against the Denver Nuggets. I think he's had, when he's played, um, you know, I think he's been pretty solid. Again, what I would like to see Donovan, you know, is be consistent from the first to the fourth quarter. But he has a knack of knowing when it's time. And obviously we saw that even more so against Denver. But the way he did it, um, I was very impressed. And I thought he took over leadership, uh, more so of, of that team. And he's 23. My goodness, the ceiling just kind of continues to move up a little bit. And each time he bumps it himself. And I thought that game was a classic, a classic example of what you have to do to continue to, to make that rise. And Lillard has done it too himself. I know he's been in a in quite a session of um, what's it, I can't really say that on radio, but uh, he's been at it personally with Skip Bayless, uh, as you guys probably know, and have had their own uh, sessions of what have you done, really, Damian? Is the is the word that Skip Bayless has told Lillard because he hasn't quote won anything, um, and so I think that sixty one point performance shows a lot of people will look. I've carried this team into a playoff position. Uh, and, of course, he made it very clear that he wanted the opportunity to do so, even though he said he wouldn't play if he wouldn't get a play-in game. And the 
NBA made that happen. So baby steps, big steps, giant steps. I mean, I think I think I think Donovan took a big step in just the next level of where he wants to go, and how bad the Jazz need him actually to do that uh, because they've got big decisions to make, right, with contracts uh, with Gobert and Donovan. A huge investment in a very difficult time. So, uh, to me, I think he's uh, played really well, and I think he shows great leadership. So you're talking about when you're saying he's played really well and he's shown great leadership, you're just talking about Orlando exclusively? I think we've seen it, PK, throughout the course of the year. There's been times, but it's the consistency of it. I think that's one of the things that they've, people have been waiting for. You know, is he really going to be in that third year, take it to the D-Wade level? I know that's a that's the best comparison, right? People keep saying here they remind him of Dwayne Wade, but you know, again, what I I think that's you know he's made those steps, but not consistently throughout the season before the shut the shutdown in OKC. I think in the restart, I kind of see a little bit different. I think he's taken on a real role in Black Lives Matters. I, I really think he's made some decisions to be a leader, not only with the Jazz. But in the NBA, but again, you have to back it up, uh, and I've seen flashes of that and a little bit more consistency. I wish he would have played a couple of games; uh, it would give you a better feel for really just you know what he has been like throughout the restart. There's been ups and downs for all these guys. Look, I get that, uh, but I think you know down the stretch leading into the playoffs, that's where I'd want him to be. Uh, I think I'd want him to be where he, he seems to be. Uh, even though he didn't play uh, the other night. Conley's out tonight. Gobert's out tonight. But Donovan's there. So how the Jazz play this one tonight, I don't know. Uh, Interesting conversation with Quinn later because I would think they would want to be gearing up and finding confidence, you know, reestablishing. Because, look, the bottom line is you can't hide the fact that they're 2-5 and in the bubble, right? And they've lost against playoff teams, OKC, Lakers, Spurs, Nuggets, and, and the Mavs. So I would think that this game tonight, hopefully, even though they know they're in the sixth spot, you would want to start tooling and gearing up for confidence that begins next week uh, in round one. But we'll find out. No. <laughs> Sorry, Bowler. I think they're going to play, guys, big minutes in the first half. And, and, and they do want to win that, absolutely. But at halftime, I think the, everybody, everybody who's in that seven, eight-man rotation is sitting down in the second half. You know, well, and really uh, in the last game, that's what they did, right? They yeah. they shot the lights out and were up 70 to 54. Just unbelievable how hot they were from three, and Clarkson had it going. And Yang did play a few minutes, and they had to play, uh, they had to play somebody else a few minutes just because they, um, who was it? What, in the second half? In the second half. I think it was Clarkson who jumped on the floor for just was a it? small period yeah. of time. Yeah. But basically but, you know, they said, oh, you know, I was thinking Bradley. They had to play Bradley because Ed Davis couldn't play 24 straight minutes. Right. So they played Bradley for a few minutes. But basically the second half, they just played the young guys and didn't care if they won or lost. You know, they just, it's not, that's just not the priority right now. Well, you know, I guess that's my old school mentality because with your eighth and final seeding game, which gives you, uh, runs you into the playoffs, uh, I just kind of wonder, you know, again, I guess that's the confidence of Quinn Snyder, and that's why I do what I do and he does what he does, right? I mean, it's just that uh, with your eighth game, uh, I would think that you want to solidify your rotation. But you make a great point, too. I mean, that's why we'll find out tonight on what direction he wants to go. But also, I, I get it. He's concerned about injury, and he would be totally, um, you know, uh, the post the post game interview would be no fun, and Twitter would blow up in case somebody got hurt in an unnecessary situation. I get that too. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's been an interesting bubble for them. I mean, they've been really kind, kind of been in a lab uh, working out what to do, how to do it, and now they have, I think, the the perfect scenario that you know may work in their advantage too uh, against Denver because I thought they played. The Nuggets extremely well. It shows you also, guys, in that double overtime loss, the importance of Gobert. And Jokic, who was held to uh, basically, what, a bucket in the first half, uh, and then he exploded for, what, 28? It shows you when Rudy was out just how much how Jokic can really just handle the paint, um, you know, from inside out. He's got uh, the ability at the rim and also to take a shot outside. So, uh, that'll be an interesting matchup. It really will. The two bigs uh, will be the big focus of, of the, the, the Nuggets and the Jazz. 
Thanks, Bowler. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Uh, stay safe. See you soon. All right. Craig Bowler, Jack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. Join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's been a long four months. Welcome. Oh, Donovan, don't do me like that. But finally, the NBA is back. Back up and hammer. That is filthy, Rudy. Catch every second of every moment of Utah Jazz basketball. As the Jazz resume play from the bubble in Orlando, your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. TJ and PK brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. PK, let's spend a few minutes talking BYU football. They're the one team in the college team in the state that could still be playing this year. They got the opener with Navy set. There's been a hope that they could add some games, maybe against the Big 12, because the Big 12... Doesn't actually have 12 teams. It has 10, so that's nine games. They, everybody wants a 10th game. But uh, as Riley mentioned in passing, Iowa just picked up a game. Or excuse me, Iowa State. I was in the Big Ten. They're not playing. Uh, Iowa State picked up a game. Louisiana Lafayette. And that seems to be the direction the Big Ten has decided to go. It's uh, eight of the 10 teams have opponents now. Missouri State, Eastern Kentucky, Southern Illinois, Houston Baptist. It's a... Uh, not very exciting opening weekend. It's uh, not a lot of options left. Baylor and Texas are the two teams that don't have a non-conference opener yet for BYU. Other than that, uh, I guess Tom Homo's moving on down the list of other conferences aside from those two teams. Everybody else is locked up. The rumors are Texas is going to play UTEP. Texas play UTEP? UTEP? Why not? Old Wackwire rival. I don't get it. Old Wackwire-wee. That's a, that's a tongue twister. Say that three times fast. <laughs> they should play it on Woodward Wood, too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Woodward Wood. So you're telling me that kids are going to die if you play for Iowa, but kids are going to be just fine if you play for Iowa State. An excellent state to look at the whole conundrum of this. Unless the kids from Iowa State aren't going to play either. I mean, the Big Ten is, or the Big, see, there I go again. The Big 12 is playing kick the can down the road here. Oklahoma was going to play Missouri State on the 5th, and then they were going to play them on the 29th and, because they moved it up to week zero, and now they moved it back to September 12th. So I don't know if they moved it back to September 12th because they don't feel like the 29th is safe or if they just don't want to start playing and have you know a month before their next game because they moved the conference season to the 26th. So essentially what you get now is a game on the 12th, a bye week on the 19th, and then a game on the 26th. But and For Iowa, you get a game on the 12th of never. 2021, baby. Crazy. And all, you know, I, I'm going to write a story that uh, says they should play. There's certainly enough sports writers out there who are saying, yeah, it's good that they're not doing it. It seems like it's, it takes more courage to say they should play. You'll get ripped as opposed to, well, this is, this is the best thing for them. We know better. It's kind of cliche now. You can just go down the list. Every paper is, uh, and every publication is writing that. But as far as the Cougars... I'm more concerned about who's going to be the quarterback. I mean, I, I, I got to admit, man, the sports radio the last few weeks, it's, it's, it's a, a little bit of a drag. But I understand that there's not, uh, not games, so what are you going to do there? That's why I'm grateful for the NBA doing what they're doing. But you know, schedule, if they can get it, they'll get it. Who's going to play? How are they going to play? Zach Wilson just going to light it up. Who's going to catch his passes? How about that? Hey, you, don't you long for those old days when that's what we <laughs> talked about? Yeah. But if we're having the quarterback debate, I, it just feels like it's going to be Zach to me. <laughs> just, I don't think they're, they're going to go with the, one reps, of the other guys. splitting the reps evenly. Yeah. Before they pick a guy. They're not going to split 33 the reps evenly in the game. 33% is going evenly. Mm-hmm. Aaron said they mm-hmm. will narrow it down towards the end of fall camp. You're calling Aaron Roderick a liar. I can't believe you. No, I think it's all true. They're going to split the reps evenly, and then they're going to narrow it down towards exactly the end of camp. exactly what he said yesterday. I think that's 100% what's going to happen. And when they narrow it down to one guy, I think they're going to narrow it down to Zach Wilson. 
So it's a dog and pony show. These other guys are just getting it just so they won't leave. They're holding them hostage so they don't leave. And to make sure they pick the right backup quarterback in case Zach gets hurt. You know, under the assumption you're playing a 12-game time. You know, who knows what the season's going to look like, right? So all the stats about how often you go to your backup quarterback may not really be relevant when you got multiple bye weeks, you know, throughout the schedule if you end up playing, I don't know, pick a number, seven games. Uh, but you got to have the right backup quarterback. So if there comes a situation, and it might be Navy on Labor Day night, if there's a situation in the second or third quarter and you got to run a guy in there, you got to run the right guy in there because that series could matter. So is it a complete dog and pony show? No. Partial. I'll give you partial. Who cares about that? But you Why gotta, is it safe for BYU to play? That's the most important thing. I don't know that it is. But I suppose when you phrase it like that, you just left the door open for you to scream back at me. But you don't know that it isn't. <laughs> Well, when, that's the that's the problem with that's the, like maybe maybe not right maybe implies maybe not does it not correct it do well I want to let somebody write something about BYU what are they thinking those whack jobs putting these kids in such harm's way was that whack was that a pun or no uh no I hadn't thought about that oh, okay <laughs> I never know with you. Thought what the H? And they know in whack job, it does have an H. Yes. And you're saying whack sports, apparently. Western Athletic Conference, I believe. Back in the day. Yes, the whack. Yeah, man, those were good times, weren't they? Simpler times, as it turns out. Good memories. Uh Yeah, I think we look back on that. I wonder if that's really true. Simpler times. Because we always look back like, oh, the, right. those were simpler times. Because we forget all the drama because a lot of the drama doesn't really matter anyway. I mean, you look back at your own life and think, I made a big deal out of this. What the heck did I do that for? Yeah. So I wonder if they really were or there were just different problems and somehow today's problems seem more complex and more difficult to endure. Because we don't know how they're going to work out. And all this type of stuff. That's an interesting concept there. You know, did they, did they know it was simpler times at the time? Probably not. Because human beings tend to worry. Some worry more than others, obviously. Uh, but you, you know, you're, in, you're you create drama. Some people thrive off of drama. Got to have some form of drama. Uh, but can the Cougars actually pull this off? Because now, who in the West is actually undertaking an attempt to have a football season, let alone actually have one? Closest team is UTEP. The University of Texas El Paso. Yeah, you, West Texas, BYU is the lone school. Oh, well, if you're going to count Air Force, I guess, but they're only planning on playing these service academies. Well, then make BYU in a service academy. They, we who are who the, has more of a service mentality than BYU? Go forth to serve is right in their motto. Just let him keep talking. He'll find some people. <laughs> That's what I've learned. I've learned, like, DJ, sometimes you lay out, and you're like, you know, the genius hasn't stuck, struck yet, and if I interrupt and derail it, maybe it never will. But if I'm quiet... Well, prove me wrong. It says so, go forth to serve. So why? And it doesn't say go forth to serve and have as many children as you can. Isn't that the on, model? The on, second part, not so much. That's implied. <laughs> Again, just let him roll, people. Where's he going? I have no idea. No idea. It's just uh, it's a rodeo here, and you stay on until you hear the horn. If you at 10 get o'clock. really close to those signs, you'll see and procreate as much as possible. So we did wonder about them playing Army because Army's got a bunch of open dates, or yes. playing Air Force. But if they're only playing service academies, why is it okay to play? I mean, this is just you know you just keep plugging in. Why can Iowa and Iowa State? You know, why can Iowa State play, but Iowa can't? How come it's safe for the service academies to play each other, but nobody else? Is that because they can basically quarantine their bases? Are they basically like three military bubbles, and they got no confidence in anybody they have armed beyond guards them? Guards outside the gates. Yeah, right. The only schools where you can put armed guards around the edge of the campus yeah. and order the students what to do. They do that at BYU, basically. You just can't see the armed guards. They're called angels. They're checking you out at all times, man. Plus, you got your fellow student. You're not sure. Is that really a human being, or is that somebody who's just put on the form of a human to double-check to make sure I'm keeping the code? That's These are things that have been going on in Provo for a long time, Sniggy. That's a drone sent by the honor, co- honor code office to spy on me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm going stir crazy here. I'm nuts. <laughs> it's good though. <laughs> Which is the second time in two days we've used that word. So, one in an acceptable form, DJ in the other unacceptable form. Never hit air. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think it was. Even even Yach said, I hit it because PK made a big deal about it. I thought it was totally fine. Oh, oh but yeah, but I, what we think is not well, what that's somebody we, else Boy, thinks. we've learned that the hard way. <laughs> that's a, right there. That is the key point in all of that. I didn't say I wasn't fine with it. Oh, man. <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> now. It wasn't then. <laughs> These are simpler times. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, true. <laughs> All right. All right, DJ PK. Well, that's a little bit on the Cougars and what they're looking for. So they're playing Navy. That's okay. But they can't play Air Force because Air Force is only playing two military schools. But that doesn't make any sense to me. But, you know, if Iowa, Iowa State doesn't make any sense, then again, Navy and Air Force don't get to make sense either. Well, what does that mean for Army? Is Army like Navy? And BYU can play them, sure. or is it like Air Force? Because basically, no. Nebraska didn't. Nebraska didn't. A, a basically, it was a mea culpa apology. We're happy to be part of the Big Ten and be part of the team. We so Nebraska is done with the whole. Promising us. Nebraska's done with the whole. We're going to be an independent this year thing. That that's not happening. And they put they put out a statement, but Army literally is an independent, so they're not irritating anybody. Maybe Air Force just to, it'd be a slap in the face to the Mountain West if if Air Force started playing a full schedule. And everybody kind of looks at the military academy and says, well, yeah, you can play those two. That's different. But you can't play BYU and UTEP. I'm not sure I get all the rules. I follow your confusion, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, but then I wonder if it's all temporary confusion, if in three weeks everyone's canceled everything, and then it all makes sense, and it was just confusing in the process because people came to the same decision at different times. Are we just waiting for that? Uh, that possibly could be, but there's no reason why not to explore possibilities now. And if further information becomes available in two or three weeks, as you say, then you adjust accordingly. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.